Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2044. This week we've been celebrating the La Jolla Concorde de Elegance that takes place April 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in beautiful La Jolla, California. To learn more and get your tickets, and I'm going to be there by the way, go to LaJollaConcorde.com. And now, be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Festus, Missouri, with a very special guest by the name of Jason Amans. Jason, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready to dump the clutch and hammer down. There we go. We're going to have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and talk about this amazing business you have, fourth generation, it's incredible. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jason? I laugh. Sometimes I'm often perceived, you know, as a young gun of the car restoration world. Actually, I'm a grandfather. You know, I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old grandchildren that's a boy and a girl that are just wonderful. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, sometimes I, I feel a little bit older than I look, but... <laughs> we all do. <laughs> you know, I am such a hardcore car guy, but for fun and to break away, I'm a huge motorcycle enthusiast, but not street bikes. Mind you, like dirt bikes. So I ride motocross. Um, I, you know, I compete in uh, uh, some events, nice. off-road events. So that's kind of a, a fun thing that I do that's, you know, a, a big takeaway from cars. Well, how cool is that? Yeah, you know, uh, this week celebrating La Jolla Concours, I had Angel on the show from uh, San Diego Indian uh, Motorcycle, their business there, and we were talking a little bit about off-road stuff. She likes to ride bikes and everything, and I rode dirt bikes back when I was a kid. We used to go camping in Mexico and ride up and down the beach and the sand dunes, and yeah, it's a lot safer than being on the streets these days, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's very cool. I love it. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we will get into your world. Jason Manns is the owner of Manns Restoration. It's a fourth generation family business that was established way back in 1939. Jason has over 30 years of experience in professional automotive restoration and his work has been featured in national museums, in private collections, and on the lawns of the most prestigious Concours events across the nation. Throughout his career, he's traveled all over the world and trusted to restore and care for some of the most historically significant automobiles. He's been honored and earned many top-level awards and blessed to have many special friends in the automotive community. Man's Restoration is also one of the sponsors of this year's La Jolla Concours de Elegance. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form 
and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus... Free shipping, that's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code YA21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Jason, uh, let's dive a little deeper into your career. Now, my goodness, fourth generation, that is amazing. So I'd love for you to share a little bit with us about how the business was started and the family members that have gone through and now it's entrusted into your hands. I don't know that I've had anybody else on this show that has that many generations of a business and still going strong, still winning awards, still playing with some really cool cars. So take us on a little bit of a historical walk, if you would. Yeah, I do think it is a little bit unique and it's something special and, you know, it's dear to my heart. I have tremendous amount of respect for, you know, my father and my grandfather and my great grandfather that started our company. Mind you, he was a farmer back in the late 20s, moved to Detroit to learn the automotive trade when it was a new technology. Yeah. You know, cars were just not that common in rural areas. So whenever he went into business for himself, he located here in Festus where It was a community that all centered around a glass factory. So there were good jobs, good homes, and enough automobiles that he could sustain a living. And obviously in 39, he wasn't restoring cars because the cars he was working on knew I restore now. (laughs) Do you ever stop and think about that and go, wow, yeah, my great grandfather could have been working on this thing. Yeah, just uh, last week in the shop here, we were working on a, a 39 Lincoln K. You know, I was talking to the, the man that was in my paint room working. I said, you know, my great-grandfather worked on these when they were brand new. Yeah. And now we're restoring it. So, wow, that's yeah, pretty significant. That is amazing. I'm Very, very cool. Now, through the generations, has it always been, it started as repair, maintenance? Has it always been leaning towards what you do or are you restoring magnificent cars? Or was there a transition point with your father or your grandfather that kind of moved into that realm? Certainly. So, you know, the evolution of, of things, by the time that my grandfather and his brother took over the business, they, they ran a service shop and a car dealership. And they had a Kaiser Frazier car dealership. Oh, wow. Actually. And then, you know, the the body shop and the mechanical service to keep things going. And then 
you know, by the time my father got into the business, you know, he was raised in the shop on the shop floor, tinkering with cars, but did not really have the knack or the desire to do the car sales, but he loved to take a car and make it beautiful. And that's what really sparked the restoration part of our company. You know, in the 1970s, it wasn't what it is in today's world, but it was the beginnings of it, you know. And so throughout his career, you know, he had to raise a family and run a regular traditional shop with maybe one or two special cars along the way. And throughout his career, it was more of a word of mouth type of a growth, you know, from one special car to the next that, that just really led to what we have today is we have 25 craftsmen with an in-house upholstery, in-house paint, fabrication, pretty much everything except chrome plating that we do all in-house. So we have about uh, 50 cars uh, capacity. So it, you know, it keeps us busy. Well, no kidding. I mean, that's quite, that's quite a facility. And tell us about your shop. Uh, You you mentioned there all the different things that you do. Are you primarily now full-on restoration? That's everything that you do? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're 100% dedicated to that. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about your time out in the world showing the work that you and your team do, because obviously you have a very talented group of people that you work with. This isn't a one-man deal. And I've seen some of your cars on the Concours events that I've gone to. What are some of the maybe more unique vehicles that you have worked on and and, uh, cared for for people? Yeah, you know, Mark, it it almost seems like that's some part of our specialty is really unique and different cars. We've just been so fortunate to be entrusted with some really special vehicles over the years. And I think that, you know, that word of mouth spreads or somebody recognizes that, that we were able to handle something so odd or unique that, you know, they feel their car would be in good hands with us. So many one-off cars we, we did uh, years ago and, and I was just a kid, but my, my dad had restored this car that was built for Bobby Darren, it was known as the Bobby Darren Dream Car. Oh, wow. It's a really radical-looking, space-aged. I mean, if you want to talk about tail fins, you have to look at this car. It's it's just <laughs> phenomenal. Big bubble-top glass roof. Yeah, it's really far out there. <laughs> but it, it really, really put uh, it put a mark on our shop, you know, to do to do a car of that that level. It really got a lot of attention on a, on a national scale. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, absolutely incredible. What Just the name alone, Bobby Darren's dream car. I mean, that brings back all sorts of visuals. I'm going to have to Google that one to see what that thing looks like. So preparing these cars, restoring these cars, and really creating dreams for your customers, is that... Is that the favorite part of what you do? I would assume you know, along with running a company, you're you're probably out in the shop doing things with your hands too. Probably not as much as you would love because you've got a business to run. But is that your favorite part is bringing these dreams back to, to real life for people? You know, that's a very special and sometimes it's touching and even emotional to people. The significance of these cars, if they were a family heirloom or or, you know, for whatever reason, a person chooses to restore that. Maybe it was their dream from their youth or the car they always aspired to have. But, you know, through that whole journey, you really you get to know your your client and they become a friend and you become a part of the story of that car. Yeah. And you become a, a part of that car's history and, you know, what it means to um, to bring something like that back. It's, a, it's it's definitely a special experience, and, and I, I truly do enjoy that. Well, you've probably got to meet a lot of really cool people throughout your career, right? Yeah, it, and it, it just never stops, and that's that's part of the fun thing about the, the whole Concord Elegance show circuit, if you will, is you meet some just really interesting and pretty incredible people that, you know, we all have the one commonality is our love for cars. 
Yeah, cars do bring people together, and it's one of those rare hobbies, I think, that bring people together from all different walks of life, socioeconomic levels, people that have different types of careers, and it's one of those things that I think is pretty cool because you can be on the lawn talking to somebody, and they could be a famous actor, a race car driver, a huge business owner, or just a regular guy that just loves that car. Maybe it was his grandfather's or his dad's car. Uh, and it doesn't really matter because we all share that passion, which is really cool. Now, you're involved with the La Jolla Concord this year. I know you're one of the sponsors there. Uh, you've been to the event before, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful location. The cars are spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, having grown up there in La Jolla, and that's a, a place I used to go and picnic on Sundays and used to body surf off the beach there and learn to snorkel at the La Jolla Cove. It's one of those settings, kind of like Pebble Beach, if you will. And that's another place you've been, right? Yeah, you know, I think I've been to Pebble probably, maybe we've had about 14 cars or so on the lawn oh, there. Oh over. Gosh. Wow. You kind of learn the ropes at, at these shows of, of the flow of things and, you know, what to expect. And that's, you know, sometimes we have clients that have never shown before. And so, you know, they're not familiar with where do you park? Where do you, where do you go? How do you, so, you know, having that experience is sometimes it's an added bonus to the client, you know, to be able to uh, guide them. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you've never, especially a, a big prestigious event like uh, Pebble or the La Jolla Concours and, and so many of the others is what's the protocol and how that all works. I, I'd like to ask people about what I call their driving inspirations, influential people in their lives, mentors, someone who's made a big difference in your life. Uh, is there somebody like that for you? Oh, Mark, my, my dad is just, he was so special to me and, and well, in a lot of regards, but his work ethic was something that just he in, indirectly instilled into me because I just had this insatiable desire to to satisfy him or to please. It was really big shoes to fill whenever I took over this this company from him. But his his work ethic was so driving that you know he used to have these quotes or these sayings. You know, whenever I was a young man working out in the shop, and he would walk by and inspect what you're doing and say something like, "Well." If you're not bleeding, you're not working. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I would imagine, you know, fourth generation, yeah, you've, you've got uh, three big shoes to fill because not just your father's, but the ones before. And when you took over the business, I mean, obviously, I would assume you thought that's what you were going to do, having grown up the way you did. But was is there an added pressure that you feel? It's kind of like, you know, actors, kids who go into acting or race car drivers, kids, and they, they have these all-stars that they have to live up to. How have you dealt with that? Yeah, because, you know, failure is not an option. I, I, I can't be the one to drop the ball here. So. No, no. Uh, my turn to carry the torch. <laughs> yeah. So how how did you go into your business with that uh, approach? I mean, is it taking all that great inspiration from your father and his father and his father's father to take that forward? Obviously, your skill sets have been learned over time, I would assume. But uh, yeah, uh, when you when you finally sat down at the desk and went, okay, it's mine to deal with, what, what were the emotions or the feelings that w went through your mind? Well, you know, it was just a lot of honor to me. You know, there there is a lot of integrity in this company. Um, there's a lot of people that have worked here for 20 and 30 some odd years that I felt responsibility to make sure they were taken care of, especially even to my dad, you know, there again, to, to not let him down. That that means quite a lot to me. Oh, no kidding. 
for sure. How would you advise young people that want to get into the career path that you're in? Because one of the things I've heard from many, many fabricators, builders, restorers, and business owners in general is the challenge of finding young people that want to come into this trade or people that want to work in this trade. If somebody's listening today and thinking, that's what I really want to do, how would you advise them? Yeah, and and that's exactly what I would advise is to get familiar with a shop, you know, maybe a shop in their area. Maybe it's not exactly the type of cars that they want to work on, but some of the some of the tasks are the you know are are similar, so they can really feel what it's like to be in a shop. Maybe as a a summertime job, you know, while they're still in high school, getting in and, and being a, a shop helper or something, and really kind of get the shop experience before you lunge into that in a career where you have you know trade school or college and you know where you're indebted to it you know if you can get a feel for it prior to that mm-hmm. you know some kids might think they really like it until they get a little hands-on experience and decide oh yeah this is not for me but the, the thing that might light their fire and they just are so enthusiastic to do it that you know they'll excel when they you know have the opportunities Great advice. I have two charities of choice here that uh, I try to my best to promote all the time on the show, RPM Foundation and TechForce Foundation. And both of those organizations are all about exposing these opportunities to young and older people. I've, in fact, I've even had a graduate who was in his mid-50s that changed his career and always wanted to work on cars. And so he went back to school and learned. And I think he went to McPherson College and uh, ended up working and still working in that field today. So uh yeah, there's lots of opportunities out there, I think, for young people, and uh, many of them just don't know they exist. So I always encourage people like you and others who have shops is to, you know, get out there in the public and let people know. And a lot of that's going to car shows and taking young people to car shows and helping them realize, you know what, people have to work on these cars to make these cars look like this. Think you'd like to do that? I think it's a great, great way to do it, right? Oh, it 100% is, and it, I think it really is an eye-opener. You know, some of the youth wouldn't even fathom what cars are out there and, and the, the level of restoration that's done today. The standards are, are, are so high, even in the custom car building, you know, the creativity um, when we build a custom, it, it's it's artwork on wheels. It truly, truly is. So yeah, there, there's a, a wide, wide world out there. Do you guys do a wide variety of cars? Do you work on both hot rods and customs and then classic cars, vintage cars, all different kinds of vehicles? Yeah, actually, I really do. And it, it keeps it so fresh and interesting. You know, everybody in the classic car world, say, loves a Duesenberg. If I had to work on a Duesenberg every single day, eventually you would kind of get bored with Duesenbergs, right? So sure. yeah. you keep your shop so fresh. You know, we certainly just specialize in perfection and perfection can mean a lot of different things. Is it, you know, the level of quality or is it really pleasing your customer to the point that they feel what they've got is perfect that can happen if i'm doing a european sports car or an american grand classic or even a really full tilt custom build that uh, you know is just a show car so it's all across the board Sounds like you're having fun. We'll take a short break for our sponsors we come back i want to talk a little bit about a big challenge so keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back auto geeks blackfire sio2 spray sealant It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. 
AutoGeek's Blackfire SiO2 spray sealant is a spray-on wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire spray sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration preservation, and mentorship is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM apprenticeship program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. So Jason, I love to talk a bit about challenges we faced, obstacles, even failures, things that bring sometimes the best, sometimes the worst out in us. It's more important how we manage that situation and really what we learned from it. So maybe take us through, as if you don't probably face challenges every day when you're dealing with old cars, for sure. But take us through one of those in your life that really taught you a valuable lesson. Well, you know, there's, yeah, like you said, Mark, there there are many things that are challenging in business. But, you know, some of the challenges that I would call fun challenges, even though they, yeah, they're extremely stressful, but, you know, sometimes these show deadlines that are you know, where you're in a no-fail situation, and even one of the last cars that we were preparing for uh, this past year's Pebble Beach was, as the deadline was approaching closer, you know, we were really united as a team, and everybody had their own role to play, but we had to work in unison with each other, and we had to have daily goals to make sure that we met our, our completion date, and, you know, it took us right down to the wire, but we worked late hours, we came in early, we worked on weekends, you know, we really, really, really put it to it to, to make it happen, and it was, it was a, a very daunting challenge, it was a very complicated car, but, but at the end of the day, you know, we made it, and it was a success, and it, it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, it was very rewarding when we were on the show field, so, the, the challenge of getting to that point was it was intense. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've talked to restorers about this point and people will say, well, why would you wait to the end to do all the work? And I think what people don't realize when you're restoring a vehicle is you run into things you had no idea you were going to run into. Is that typically what creates that type of environment is as you're moving along, there's something that pops up and you go, oh, no. Oh, yeah. And you can almost always you actually plan ahead for for those challenges and, and unforeseen things you you know that they're gonna 
come forth. You know, and certain cars are just more difficult than others, you know, but whenever you're doing something at the top level like that, it's it's all of the importance that you're not skipping steps or rushing something through just to make it done. You know, you have to still work it out to that highest level. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what really makes the challenge, you know, come through, you know, is caring about doing it right. Well, and it's that rush at the end. Uh, there's a, a saying, and I'll butcher this up, but always about the last 10% takes about 80% or 90% of the time. Those last minute deals, I can't even imagine. Holy cow. Well, let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. You know, you've had so many special vehicles in your shop. And of course, you probably own some special vehicles. So you can pick anything you want, but I'd love to hear a little story about that particular ride. Well, that you know, yeah, like you said, there are so many special cars that, you know, that I've been a part of or that are a part of me over the years being cars that I've worked on or restored or owned. But, you know, I really I take it all the way back to my my teenage years and what cars were to me then. The area I grew up in, the car scene was really big for cruising. And, and it was a, a, a nightly event, you know, even throughout the week on a small level. But come Friday or Saturday nights, it was big time. So my buddies and I always were, we're gearheads. So we were always building some kind of street beast car that we could take and cruise up and down Maine. And then, you know, you'd end up finding a little drag race after a while. Sure. The late sixties, early seventy muscle cars were, um, that was a big part of my, uh, big part of my life. Is there one vehicle when you look back at that time that stands out for you? Maybe just that you might think of today. Yeah. Yeah. Still yet. You know, one of my, one of my best friends at the time had a, a 71 Chevelle that, we, we would come into the shop, you know, after school on Friday and get it all prepped. And then we'd get out and go cruising and, you know, end up in a drag race. And we just had so much fun with that car. And one evening we were, uh, got into a match with a couple guys in another car. So we, we lined up on the road and, you know, this is out in the back country. You know, there's no, there's no traffic. There's no homes on, you know, back road too long. We line up and the, the passenger in the other car, he was, he was doing the countdown and, you know, so we dumped the clutch and we raced the quarter mile and they beat us and they, they just had a fender lead on us the whole time. And, you know, we were just spinning the tires through all the gears. So when we got down to the finish and we turned around and talked and we're like, you know, we want to rematch, you know, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do, we go back to rematch and we're getting all staged up and right before we take off, then poof, there's sirens and cherries. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, Someone called the police. <laughs> yeah. The cops, you know, they, they pulled us up and, and, uh, you know, they told us they've been watching us the whole time. They watched us leave town. So they knew that's what we were doing. Yeah. And they actually parked and watched us do the first race. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. One of the officers I was talking with, he said, I can't believe they beat you. <laughs> I was like, well, we were going to get them the second time. So yeah, you know, it's a different time back then, different place, and of course, much safer place. And I always say, you know, street racing, there's no room for it anymore these days, especially in cities and stuff. But those are, you know, those are like the the happy days, the good old days, you know, the the fun fun times. And uh, that's pretty hilarious, and especially being in a small town. Times were so much more innocent back then. And, yeah, you know. yeah, what fun. Well, did you ever beat him? I'm, I'm waiting for the time you guys beat him. <laughs> no, no, that was the last time we ran those guys. That was it. Yeah, the police had your had your name at that point, so they sent you home and said, "Don't do that anymore, guys." So I'm going to crawl into your head and be a bit of a psychologist today. If if you were uh, reincarnated as a vehicle, Jason, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive the hardworking guy that you are, the perfectionist. What kind of vehicle would Jason Mans be, and more importantly, why? 
Yeah, that's a unique question. And as much as I live in the world of classics and, you know, that's probably my deepest passion is for for the classics. But I guess the the inner me would still be probably a 1970 Chevelle with <laughs> bags, painted hugger orange, a big block four speed and most importantly, with the footprint gas pedal. Of course. Yeah, I remember the. <laughs> I remember building models where you get the footprint, the big footprint uh, gas pedal that you put into the model car. And when I was a little kid, I always thought, someday I'm going to have one of these. But I never really had a car that it would probably be appropriate for. I always, always had European sports cars where it didn't quite work very well. But I just always thought it was pretty cool. I love it. Great answer to that. Now, I have learned that People that have learned the secret sauce to a happy life is giving back to others. Are there some ways that you guys help people in the automotive sector? Well, even especially at a local level, the local car guys around our area here are not necessarily, you know, where they can afford to have a professional restoration facility do their car. But they're home hobbyists and they truly love and enjoy building a car. So we are constantly, constantly giving advice, you know, the local car scene, they will come and visit our shop um, sometimes just for a tour or to see what's going on. But they want to talk about the cars they're building. So, you know, through all all of the people that work in our shop, they're very kind to to lend advice and encouragement. We even host a local uh, car show in our town. Nice. And, and, you know, and that gets the youth involved as well. So, you know, where we really can give back is to our community. And that, that's where our roots are. That's where we get started. So it, it's fun to share um, some of these national level cars at a community level. So has your shop been in the exact same location all these decades? No, no. It, it's moved to several locations over the years, you know, as it evolved. Um, you know, currently I'm on a three acre property with uh, four separate buildings, um, which, you know, the, my great grandfather's first shop is is a small little you know, two car shop, but it, it still stands in this town. It, it's still there, but I, I don't, I don't think we could work out of it anymore. No, probably not. No, I don't think so. Probably not even your office would, would work in there. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've read? Well, I'm not much of a book reader unless I'm reading a tech manual or service manual, but, sure. <laughs> but a, a really great book that I had recently read and a, a, it's a plug for my father, but he is just recently written a novel that is um, based on the Chrysler Turbine car, which is a prototype. Um, And it's centered around George Hoopner, who is the engineer that did the the, uh, turbine development. And um, so he just written a book of, uh, of this story. It's, it's titled critical knowledge and Jay Leno had written the forward for him. Um, So they have a really good friendship um, because of these cars. And, and actually our shop was, and myself was on this was, the only shop in the world that actually restored a Chrysler turbine car. So you know, we have a lot of depth of knowledge. You know, we took it down to, you know, a bare shell and went through, you know, every little end of this car. So wow, how cool is that? Well, that's very neat. I'm not sure I've had a guest on the show whose father wrote the book he recommended. That's pretty cool. I'll put a uh, note of that on Jason's show notes page so you listeners can go and get your hands on a copy. So today, before I let you go, Jason, I'm going to open my checkbook real wide and I'm going to buy you any car in the world. You can take it on any kind of drive in the world with anybody, someone living or deceased. Who would you be in and who would you be with and where would you be going? Yeah, now that that's a fun question. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot. You know, I I would say, uh, you know, my ride or die partner is my wife, and nice. we've been together since we were teenagers, and we've been married oh. for thirty years. And wow, um, 
And so I would want her beside me. She's been there since, since the beginning, you know, and whenever she first identified a Holly carburetor, I knew she was my girl. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. You found the right one. That's funny. But if we were going to go for a ride together, it would have to be a convertible. How about, how about a 67 uh, Ferrari, a 275 uh, Nart Spider? Ooh, okay. That sounds cool. Let's go drive down, uh, down the tail of the dragon. That would be a fun ride. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a really fun ride. Isn't that cool? You know, it's funny because in the last week, I believe, I've had one other guest who picked a very similar, if not the same car. And I told him what I'll tell you is I've got a friend who lives just north of here who has a beautiful yellow, fly yellow uh, Nart Spider. And uh, yeah, I'll see if I can pry that out of his hands for you. Um, and he does drive his car, so he wouldn't be afraid to have that car out on the road. I'll give him a free car detail if he lets me drive it. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're going to need to take some of the bugs off the front of that thing when you're done with it. Ah, oh, that sounds like fun. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, Jason. I really appreciate you spending some time out of your busy schedule. I look forward to seeing you uh, on the lawn at the La Jolla Concord. Before I let you go, though, could you share maybe a success quote, a quote? Uh, maybe it's one of those great quotes that your uh, father left you with. Yeah, and maybe it's not the, the, the deepest of quotes of all time, but it, it's just something that's rang true. And, you know, my dad would always say it to me even whenever I was a young man, but it came from, from my great-grandfather as he was passing on the business to his sons. And then, of course, they passed it on to my father who passed it to me. And it was just be honest and do good work, and you'll always have work. Yeah. You know, it's really simple. And I always am shocked when I maybe just hire somebody to do something around my house, and they just can't be any of those things. And you just think, you know, you could have endless work if you would just not do what you did. You just scratch your head and go, it, it's not that hard. Um, but for some reason, sometimes folks can't get it out of their own way. Great quote. Well, listeners, so you can learn a lot more about Jason Manns and his business at Manns Restoration. I'll put a link to his website. You can go there and look at some of the wonderful cars and things he's done. But more importantly, I hope you join us at the La Jolla Concord. You can get your tickets at LaJollaConcord.com. Uh, get your tickets a little early. You can save a few bucks. Uh, they're going to have some really cool events there this year. We're going to have a uh, a Friday Ferrari event on Friday before the uh, Concours uh, where they're going to line the street there on Prospect with Ferraris. Uh, they've got planes that are going to be flying over. And, of course, some wonderful cars like the vehicles that uh, Jason restores. Uh, to learn more, just go to LaJollaConcours.com. Jason, hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing Uh, The wonderful work that you do. Can't wait to see uh, the next rides that you bring to Elan this year. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you at the La Jolla Concours. Mark, thank you for having me on. If there's anything I enjoy, it's talking about cars. (laughs) Absolutely, for sure. Pleasure's been all mine. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. 
And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.